The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. The Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with We Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to We Edition and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. We Edition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription. You heard that right, 12 months free if you follow the link in the description box. For casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in Persistent and Nasty at checkout. Hello, you lovely lot. How are you all doing? Welcome to another episode of Persistent and Nasty podcast. Um, So it's myself with the gorgeous Rachel Flynn today and we have a brilliant chat about the importance of theatre no matter where you are. Uh, we talk about Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland, what's not to love. <laughs> Just a lovely conversation about how we stay creative, what we do and a really important point actually and for those of our younger listeners I think this is really useful that if things don't work out at school and you don't get the marks and the grades and all of that that you hoped for, don't worry. That is not the end of the world and your path is still your path and you will find your way. Um, also, we talk about the festival. This was recorded a few weeks ago over Zoom. So, yeah, just the usual. Want to do a couple of nasty shout outs today. One is to the amazing Sarah of Wear and Resist and um, that's where we get our nasty necklaces from and Sarah creates amazing statement jewellery with a message and a meaning and every item sold a donation goes to a different female charity. Um, So she is an amazing person and it's a really, also the jewellery is really cool. Also again, the lovely Shauna McDonald and um, Edinburgh Youth Theatre are running another masterclass on Monday the 21st um, with the amazing Kate Dickey so if you can get yourselves along to that for what will no doubt be a brilliant Q&A as always guys you can follow us on all social media Twitter at Persistent Nasty Instagram at Persistent and Nasty Facebook Persistent and Nasty and any contact you want to have with us send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com so sit back relax have a wee cup of tea and enjoy Yay! Eventually, after a year of trying to get the gorgeous Rachel Flynn on the podcast, we have her. Woohoo! Woohoo! We were supposed to do this podcast at the festival last year. That's right. When you were living your life as Liza. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been a really normal year, so that's <laughs> probably why we've not had a chance to do it. But <laughs> I know I missed last year, me and my hot pants and my wig. Yeah. <laughs> a bit you different this year. You looked Thanks, great. Anne. You did. You did. What made you pick Liza? Because, I mean, I'm a big... Give me all the garlands. <laughs> we know this because we talked about you at the Liza Minnelli um, concert at Glasgow. Um, why did I, I, so I originally wrote, uh, so I've got this play that I wrote called Being Liza, which debuted at uh, the Edinburgh Fringe last year. And originally I started workshopping it with In Motion and it was called Being Judy. And um, I got sat down and told, sorry, uh, there's already a Scottish uh, woman who does Judy really, really well. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about that. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay. She's like, I'm sure you'd probably be really good, but like, you just don't want to go up against that. And I was like, okay. And to be fair, like <laughs> Judy's done a lot, you know, um, and Liza's not often done by women. So that is very true. Yeah, there is that. Um, but I've always been a big Liza Minnelli fan. Cabaret has always been my favourite musical. Sally Bowles, the dream role. If any uh, casting directors are out there listening to this, then I'm, I'm available. Yeah, she'd be fabulous. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it kind of came from that. And because of all the amazing, I wanted this to be a story about kind of addiction and about answering, well, trying to open-endedly answer the question of, do you always repeat the same mistakes as your parents make? Mm. and about how addiction can be hereditary or is it something that you just you see growing up and then you know you end up emulating without trying or meaning to do that um so that's where that came from as well because in that family that's exactly what happened you know yeah. Judy Garland's daughters and um, son ended up becoming addicts as well and going yeah. into rehab so it was an interesting story to tell in a parallel way so it's not I I in it, I'm a Liza Minnelli tribute act, rather than actually playing Liza, which is, lets me away with a few, um, yeah. <laughs> not, you know, impersonation yeah. um, <laughs> lip holes. But um, yeah, no, it's a really fun play. And I've since like completely re rewritten it to make it a bit darker and a bit more, um, just something more that I wanted it to be rather than like, you know, when you're doing the fringe and you just end up like, Ah, it's got to be less than an hour and I've got to be able to get mm -hmm. it in and out in like 3.5 seconds yeah you kind of have to mold it into a box so yeah. um yeah it's a bit for those of you that are listening and have never um been to Edinburgh during the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival it is insane crazy and, uh, crazy amazing <laughs> amazing amazing exhausting amazing and I actually am really missing it this year me too I keep having these like these flashbacks to like being at summer hall like having a pint out in the rain mm. or you know like sweating running between like shows yeah oh I miss it so much even like seeing the really shit shows love it like because sometimes you like sometimes you kind of go in on a wing and a prayer that is the one thing I do wish and I kind of hope in some way when it comes back next year which fingers yeah. It absolutely will be um, and we'll all be able to be in the same space together again um, that we kind of go back to the old days when tickets were cheaper and you yeah. could risk it 
Totally, because you don't want to go and see something shite if it's going to be £17 a ticket. Exactly, exactly. Last year was one of the years that I saw stuff that I was just like, this is amazing. I I actually, I'd kind of fallen out of love with the festival for a couple of years. Just like, I think I'd burnt myself out from it, which Mm -hmm. is really easy to do. And then last year, just totally fell back in love with the festival and saw some amazing things Mm -hmm. that was just really inspiring and I was like oh thank god I think you're right though it has got a lot more commercial than it mm. used to be like because I'm from Edinburgh so I grew up yeah. with the fringe every year and yeah. it's to see how much it's changed and how much it does feel like a bit of a money-making machine rather than actually what it, I mean it's meant to be it's a fringe it's meant to be grassroots you know and have that at its heart an open festival for anyone and everyone and yeah. um, so I hope that when we do go back in our new normal what <laughs> what <laughs> that's a bit more a bit more like the old days was a uh, um, being Liza your first play that you wrote yeah yeah and it was quite it was quite a, a little whirlwind because I'd never really thought about writing before I've always just kind of been an actor and then I think coming back to Scotland and there being a lot less work than in London I was like oh I've got some time on my hands and also because living in Scotland you don't need to work every single hour of the day to afford your rent so that I did have a bit more time on my hands I thought you know what I'll give this writing thing a crack and um I did this uh residency within motion and uh they did a little showing of like 15-20 minutes of it Mm and back in October 2018 must have been and it just kind of fell out of me the play and then we developed it and ended up doing it um in the fringe a few months later so yeah it was quick but amazing how long were you in London for almost five years did you train down there yeah 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 in the musical theatre world and the musical theatre darling yes was that always your kind of go was that always your go-to to train in London or train in musical theatre musical theatre yeah, I think so, because, I mean, I grew up doing the kind of musical theatre and dram, and I think because I dance and sing as well, I always thought it was something that I wanted to you pursue rather than, you know me, um, <laughs> rather than the street acting. But, I mean, now I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Like, it's all the people that have trained in street acting that get all the musical theatre roles. <laughs> so I'm like, I could have just learned how to be a better actor and not learn how to do a triple pirouette foxy no triple threat definitely we actually quadruple threat now as writer and producer actually we're moving up i mean how many strings to the to your bow do you need do you know but that's all these days but do need them all these days and that's that's exactly it isn't it um do you know it's so funny because every time i see you i think that we were at a workshop together in london and i don't know if that's true i need this to be true I know I needed to be true as well. I was I was a big workshop hold, so uh, London School of Musical Theatre. So it was just a year. I did a bit of fannying about and actually was a bit of a drama school dropout. So like well, I trained. Okay. I, I I love that. That makes me love you even more. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I, I technically got kicked out of one, but um I mean that's maybe not a story for the podcast. Um, but I was a bit of a a bad teenager and I just really wanted to leave home at 17 and run away to London so I did that and then ended up crawling back on my hands and knees to my parents like help me 
Um, and then I ended up going to Motherwell for a year. Right. Um, I got waitlisted for the RCS. I, I applied for RCS and Motherwell, got waitlisted on um, the RCS, and they called me up literally like the day before, being like, hi, do you want your place? And I was like, the day before, guys. No, yeah. I've already started on this other course. I'm good. Um, so I did a year at Motherwell and then went down, back down to London. Ready. Great. <laughs> ready, for, ready for London, baby. Yeah, yeah. And then just did a year. Um, and then from that, ended up kind of getting my first couple of jobs from the people I'd met at drama school. So mm. it was, they are amazing. I'm just going to they are amazing for networking and for like they do this, they don't do an open showcase. So you do your show but they get agents in to the school and you do like a meeting and you actually get to have a chat and sing and mm-hmm. walk or whatever. And it's so much nicer. That's much nicer because showcases are so stressful. I can't imagine. Awful. Yeah. I mean, mine was a really long time ago, but it was awful. <laughs> it still haunts you. It's still in there. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. literally, uh. Um, yeah. Um, so you came back to Scotland. Mm-hmm. That two years ago now, three. Yeah, about two and a half, I guess. Um, I did a cruise ship and uh, came off the cruise ship and was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a house. I'm gonna like behave like an adult. Um, so came back, stayed with the parents for a little bit, and then moved to Glasgow. Got a wee place here in sunny Govan. Yay! Yay! Uh, which I love, and yeah, I'm I'm so happy in Scotland. Like, if anyone is listening who is living in London and hating their life and wants to move back home but is scared to do so because of the failure complex fucking Mm. do it like Mm. honestly I am so much happier just having more autonomy and more like I feel even the friendships I have here are just so much more more real and I have more time to reflect and be myself and I mean, this is so wanky. No, it's not. I love it. I love it it too. And it's not wanky, but you're so right because it's also, well, it is the balance, isn't it? Of the work-life balance here. There is all of that. And that's so, obviously if you're in London and you're super lucky and you've got parents that can support you or you just happen to have had a couple of amazing jobs and have got that back financially, but for the majority, the 98%, you know, It's, I love that podcast. You I love that podcast too. I know. Shout out, shout out, guys. Actually, we had a me and the girls had a convo on Twitter about a year ago. I'm going to have to follow that up and see if they want to do a wee collab. Uh, a wee collab, yeah. Oh, you must. That would be lovely. I would it? love that. Yeah. Okay. Putting it out there. Putting it out there, guys. Manifesting the shit out of that. That and um, then Michelle Gomez. Got it. Come on, Michelle, babes. Come on, babes. <laughs> <laughs> I am manifesting that one. I'm like, that send it out for you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's happening. Um, yeah, so I know it's the failure complex is a funny one, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And this industry, I think, I mean, I think failure complex probably covers all industries, but there is something mm-hmm. in the arts with that. It's really entwined into almost your worth, I think, for some people. I totally agree. And do you know, I kind of think. In terms, like for a lot of people, we spend so much of our time justifying to the people around us what we do, why we do it, how we do it. We, you know, sometimes are begging organisations, banks, parents for money to be able to support us through the things that we do. So it's like the consequences of saying, do you know what? 
I don't want to do this anymore or this isn't making me happy that feels like a, such a heavy weight and I know like I've got so many friends that were or are still grafting away trying to make this work for absolutely miserable yeah. and would much rather be doing something else and I think that's really sad that you know we are so I mean obviously as humans that have been ingrained with all these kind of social pressures like we're so um, conditioned to mm-hmm. make sure that you know we're all we're impressing people and that we're not disappointing people and that we're pleasing people and you know we want to be seen in the best light and fuck that just yeah. be yourself and do what makes you happy and if that's not what made you happy yesterday sweet that means that you're growing and you know absolutely oh my god absolutely because there there is only one life and it's short yeah I mean, we might be trapped in our houses again. So, you know, guys. Do it now. Now. Talking about being trapped in your house. Yeah. It was really good. Great segue. Um, it was a really good segue. Um, you've gone and created your own production company during lockdown. Yeah, well, we've been... Entire Bank Productions has been running, I guess, we set it up to do Being Liza because we were going to self-produce that for the Fringe. We ended up at the same time uh, self-producing my friend Ben Story's play, which the two of us ended up doing. That was called Toast. And we did that, the assembly Roxy, at the same time as being Liza. And then Toast went off and did some R&D at Live Theatre in Newcastle, which was cool. We toured being Liza up to Tayport Town Hall um, and sold that out, which was amazing. And it was like one of those projects where we rocked up to this town hall that was not built for performance at mm-hmm. all and my partner Ryan who I run in Terrabang with was like climbing up the walls to like stick birdies with sellotape like gaffer tape onto the ceiling and like it was and we were like stealing chairs from like the cafe next door and all sorts of stuff and it was mad but brilliant and then from it's proper theatre though that is proper theatre is, isn't it it's like it, it totally inspires and like makes your whole body tingle and it's like the best bit of it and honestly like that 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 was one of the best shows I've ever done in my life like we did being Liza as like act one and then act two um we made like a kind of best of oldie musical theatre type stuff and it was mad like I ended up (laughs) I went to get a bottle of water at one point swallowed it and realized that it was actually uh fluid for the smoke machine so I'm on the stage, like, like gagging, coughing. Everyone in the audience is pissing themselves because of all I can taste. And I'm like, am I going to die? I'm on the stage, like, shouting to Ryan at the back of the room on the tech desk, the tech desk, being like, I've just swallowed the smoke fluid. Am I going to die? <laughs> funniest, honestly, funniest stage moment of my life. I love that Not that bad. was what it was, but my brain was going to say you picked up somebody's bottle of vodka that they'd snuck in. <laughs> I mean that too but that was less of a, a big deal you know <laughs> yeah just, yeah. just the smoke oh okay I'm glad That's you funny. didn't die that is me great. too me too but I wouldn't recommend it, it does not taste nice no mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna take your word for that and not try yeah. it mm-hmm. um and it was amazing like you know we ended up after we did the get out and like everyone helped with the get out the community like your helped us it was really cute um and we had like the local pub come in to like serve food and everything during it. It was really cute. And then we ended up going back to, to the pub at the end. And it was like being a celebrity. 
because mm-hmm. they were just so happy like they never have theatre in that community and they were like we just feel like so special to have received that and to be a part of it and yeah it was amazing like I'm throbbing remorse today I can feel myself getting ready to cry yeah. <laughs> but it Sorry, is that's the no but that's the important thing about live theatre like that's like that's so important you know everybody all the money at the moment that's been given to the government thank you and all of that but it's all going to buildings and stuff Mm -hmm. what about the people that don't get to experience that that's what makes theater that's what's so special and magical about it totally and I think you are actually so glassy right now (laughs) so cute (laughs) I mean it's getting emotional Um, I do think especially now like it's highlighted the need for community theatre mm. and I think we don't do enough rural touring I don't think there's enough onus placed on it and I think it's so important like for the communities that don't have like don't live in the centre of Edinburgh or the centre of Dundee like there's people that live in other parts of Scotland that yeah. deserve high quality theatre and deserve to not have to travel and to spend money to stay overnight somewhere because they can't totally. go back yeah totally um, so uh, yeah, it's something that I'm really passionate about and I definitely want to do more of as a producer and as a company. Um, but this year, obviously, we've not been able to go out and about. Um, segue, segue. So we are, uh, we've been doing a lot of online stuff, which has been really cool. It, I have very mixed feelings about it now. Um, but because I think online content it's it's problematic in a lot of ways but we've had an absolute blast creating stuff um my partner ryan my partner ryan um <laughs> ryan Durer, ladies and gentlemen um he Rachel's is partner ryan <laughs> if you don't know that's my partner ryan um, he is not just an amazing director but he's also an incredible filmmaker editor like he is the absolute brains behind I'm like the face of the company I like do all the talking but he is what a face what a face and what a talking you know he is yeah big up Ryan um he is the unsung hero of Interbang and uh has amazing um, amazing 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 digital skills um so we've been uh we did an animation series um for Durham Gala Theatre and Assembly Rooms Theatre Company early on in lockdown, uh, like a kids animation story, which was great. And then we decided we would do our own online series, kind of inspired by NTS's Scenes for Survival and seeing, you know, the high quality stuff that they were starting to churn out, but with a team of like 30. And we were like, you know, you don't don't need that. Like, we're going to show people that you can do it with just two people. So that's what we did, um, very ambitiously. So we created the series called Scene to Scene, which you can watch now on our social media channels at We Are in Terrifying. Yeah. And uh, we have six episodes, which are all completely different. We collaborated with um, our artists that we have in the past collaborated with or are planning to in the future. So it's a nice way to kind of introduce them to our social network. and basically kind of got our friends to act in it and we asked for donations to kind of support that which kind of has been what's really problematic for me I guess about doing online content because you know there are companies that are putting out subsidized companies are putting out similar content for free 
and that happened very early on in the lockdown process so obviously audiences then expect to be able to see this kind of thing for free um so which is fair enough like theatre should be seen by all absolutely um but it then makes it really hard for grassroots companies to be able to afford to do what we do so yeah so we ended up um over the course of the series and it was about eight weeks work for us pretty much full-time for me and ryan and we ended up like filming one up in the highlands as soon as you could travel um we messed up our friend's house doing another one but most of them were kind of outdoors or um we did everything socially distanced a few of them were done in uh, remotely in separate people's houses um and we raised 470 odd pounds which between 12 artists is just over 40 pounds each for eight weeks of work yeah um so you know and we're absolutely delighted with that and for everyone that did contribute we are so grateful and so thankful it's um amazing that anyone did but yeah it's just difficult it's a really difficult thing and we just wanted to make sure that anyone involved did feel valued and like you know as artists we don't deserve to work for nothing and you know even if it is we can throw you a tenor then at least that's we're not then keeping this precedent going of working mm. for nothing working for yeah. nothing um but yeah we're really really proud of the series and would love if anyone wanted to check it out so please do go and have a little watch it's been really well received which is awesome. brilliant um i i said this to you anyway but um the production values on it are outstanding like just really great and all the scenes I just I just love it because they're all so different um in so many different ways and everybody's performances are great I want to give a wee special shout out to Helen though because uh I just thought I watched Helen's and I was like this is outstanding babe so Helen Mackay ah Ellen McKay, she is so funny as well because we asked her, we were like, oh, I know you've, you know, you've not long had a baby and like stressful times, lockdown, but would you be up for acting in this thing for us, with us? And she was like, oh, I don't know, can you send a script? And I was like, don't worry, babes, you have no lines. You just need to rock up. And it was amazing because it was such an ambitious piece stylistically because she was the one she Mm. was the one that was on camera for the whole eight minutes but she didn't speak once it was all in her reaction to the voicemail that she was hearing so amazing she said it was one of the best experiences you know she's had as an actor because she didn't need to learn any lines but also (laughs) because she didn't she didn't have any prior knowledge like she didn't listen to the voicemail before she literally just strapped herself into the DIY snoring cam that we made and we sent her into our house said don't stand there try not to get seen by that mirror there but otherwise just listen and go and she got it in one take didn't she and even with her little dog Bella as well like it featured in it just naturally it came up to her when she was crying oh, it's amazing yeah. yeah we definitely recommend watching for a stellar bit of acting from Helen McKay yeah absolutely I mean everybody everybody is great I mean, I, and I absolutely mean that I really think everybody is great but just um, because it's just her reactions and one take wonder, Mackay. Love tick. it. <laughs> she came out and she was like, I mean, watch it back, but I think we got it. <laughs> yes, Queen. I love it. Love her. Yes. Me too. Uh, I just um I totally understand what you're saying as well about the putting online content out and everything. The only thing that I am going to try and say, because I feel this at the moment, is that we are in different times. 
And as long as people don't expect that when things go back to normal, yeah, that's that's the most important thing. Um, I think it's been hugely helpful for everybody who's been involved in whatever these projects are that are going out online because it's given them a sense of um, purpose and something to focus on when it's been really hard. And actually just to remember that you are a creative Absolutely. And I think that's so important right now when we're not able to go out and do the normal, the things that we normally do. Um, And yeah, and just to say as well, like, you know, um, in terms of, we totally understand that not everyone right now is in a position to be able to donate. I've engaged in a lot of online content that I've not been able to donate to because I've not been working or um, whatever. So totally appreciate that and really thankful for everyone that did share the content or comment on it and like it. And that's just as important to us than any kind of financial gain as well. Yeah, because I mean, it really, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, I really hope that you are, but it really has lifted in Terabang profile. Thank you. That's great. That's good. And that's makes me want. really excited to see what you guys are going to do in the next few months in the coming years because I think if that's what you can do only having set up in a year and that's what you've done during lockdown makes me really excited for what you're going to create within Scotland which is something desperately needed so thank you yeah it's thank good you. we've got a couple of projects coming up that we're really excited about as well we're doing a little again another like kids animation thing with um paisley art center and Revish leisure which will be awesome and we're also we've been working on this project which has seed funding from star quines um but working with um this amazing uh, scottish palestinian actress to tell her story of identity and and um, being kind of second generation uh, diaspora and how what her connection is to her homeland and it's been amazing to work on that and to learn as well and I think like cross-culture um working and in a creative way especially is so important and I think the more that we can do that and the more that we can engage with different people with different perspectives and outlooks on life is so beneficial to Mm. you as a person and to you as a creative so absolutely that's been awesome absolutely um it's something that needed far more I mean I think we are trying in Scotland it's nowhere near as good Mm -hmm. as it should be totally and I do I it's hard and I think it's a lot harder in your head than it is actually in practice and I know like even we one of the scene to scenes we did was uh, in BSL yes and we worked with this amazing actress called Amy Dawson and it was difficult because we did the whole thing in two hours because we were so lucky to get um, a TSLI, so a training um, interpreter who wasn't allowed to be paid for her work because it was part of her grading process. Um, But I mean, otherwise, would we have been able to afford an interpreter at those rates? No, probably not. Um, So we were really fortunate in that position. But and we had to do everything in we had two one-hour sessions to film a 10-minute video which was yeah tough like you have to just go and especially when you know that to communicate you need to be able to see each other and you know yeah that was it was a challenge but also we did it and it was amazing and so worth it so there are workarounds yeah so worth it and so important and it's funny that you bring that one up because I was thinking um Rachel and I were at the Hack the Patriarchy um, the other day and um, 
an amazing actress, B. Webster, was talking about just her worry um, after kind of everything settles down with COVID for um, deaf and disabled performers, um, because it's already, as you say, some people find in the head it's trickier. Um, but I think it's, I just think it's great that you did it and more, more of the big companies need to be pushing for that. And 100%. Yeah. And I think especially like in these times and fairly so like uh, uh, the kind of common response has been survival and self-survival and you look to yourself to think, okay, well, what are the most important things that when we do come back to some kind of normal what do we need to see and of course we look inwards first naturally and go well you know these are my issues and you know we went to the focus groups that were probably things that we cared about the most that were to do with our experience rather than going do you know what I actually maybe should have gone to a Duda's workshop or B's workshop and it's so funny I thought I thought the exact same when I finished because we had we, I could only go to one of the sessions because obviously we were running the second time. session. Um, and after it, I was like, oh, I wish I'd got, but like, actually, I wish I'd gone to Annie's, um, but mm-hmm. I do that as I can go to because she was in the same session. Of course. Uh, B was in the same ches- session as me as well, I think. So, um, as us. Um, so, yeah, but just like things like that, you're so right. It's just you go to what it is that you affiliate with, I guess. Yeah challenge ourselves on that we just, well. yeah we need to be thinking outwards as much as possible and you know thinking about again as kind of what I said earlier about you know it's actually better for us as creatives and for people to widen the scope of who we work with and who we speak to so we should really push ourselves to do that even if it is a bit uncomfortable because we'll be mm-hmm. in situations where we might have to learn some stuff that we don't know and we can't just talk about our own experiences or the things that we do know um but learning is how we grow so I think that's really important oh my god yeah so yeah, important yeah. um so Rachel you are now a writer yes I think so yes no, you are <laughs> no, you definitely are because you have um, a commission for yeah my first professional play commission which is mad um, yeah, I'm really excited. So I'm doing like a modern day, not a retelling, not quite an adaptation, but inspired by Mary Magdalene as an icon and the way that she's been treated um, by the media and by history at large, mm. being kind of torn down in a lot of ways and made to be this pertinent sinner, this prostitute, which actually there is no historical evidence to support that that is true. And she was actually probably a very wealthy woman with good status who funded Jesus's campaign. Um, so I'm going to comment on that in a present day tense um, about the way that women are um, seen and the different standards that were held to um, than men are, especially within the media and things like that. And, in, and within religion. And within religion, absolutely. And it's going to be really interesting because we're going to be performing it alternate nights with alternate genders so on one night it's going to be Mary as a woman and three men um, and then on the other night Mary will be played by a man and the patriarchy will be played by three women so oh, I love it really cool. oh I love it yeah Great. so get yourself to Malta next year guys <laughs> that is brilliant I really love that and um Malta is a huge religious country as well very much so 
Yes, yeah. I remember when I was a kid and we went to a tiny little village, but we went inside this church and there was like statues made of gold, bronze and silver because all the money was going to the church. Yeah, so much so. And actually the whole um, stimulus for the play came from the the director who is uh, British but now lives in Malta has commented on the fact that there is a real issue with um, men in Malta and the way that they perceive and talk about women. Mm-hmm. And there's a massive um, issue with prostitution and the way that prostitutes are seen to be the temptresses, you know, kind of stealing married men away from their wives. <laughs> and, but they genuinely, there is that belief like really strongly. And I think that's um, in certain teachings uh, of the Catholic faith that, can perhaps um, come across and I think that's maybe um, what's happened in Malta. But you're absolutely right it's in our media as well it's like you know the women and actually it's in how we are as as people because you know you hear stories about somebody having an affair and the woman who's maybe who's the mistress is always the one that's blamed first. Always. The way that headlines and yeah the way the headlines and newspaper stories have spun so that it's always deemed that the, the women is some kind of perpetrator, that they've done yeah. something wrong. I'm just pausing because this mic is being weird. There we go. Um, yeah, that's hopefully better. Um, yeah, it is, it is that thing. It's like, so where does that come from? It's so ingrained in us that it's the women that are the temptresses, that's the women. And it obviously to do with the Bible and Eve and eating the apple yeah. and you know and then you've got and then you've got all the other myths that go along with that like I'm fascinated with Lilith at the moment the myth of Lilith yeah yeah it's so yeah I mean we could talk about that earlier day but uh, um, it's just the fact that she's been used in so many different ways so like um within uh Judaism she's used as this demon that uh will eat children and therefore women need to behave and be subservient to their husbands because she's Adam's first wife and she didn't want to be subservient so she was thrown out and then there's other things that say that actually she's the snake in the garden that tempts Eve with the apple but then there's also stories from prior to that about her as well so it's it's just yeah it's a lot of these women are used but it was it was a power thing, you know, mm-hmm. back then perhaps that these the way these stories were written and the way they were created were to be kind of moral um tales and warnings so that women didn't misbehave and they were subservient and that you know there was power in the patriarchy. The fucking patriarchy. Burn it. Tear it down. Your time is up. <laughs> P and N are coming for you. Yeah, we're coming for you. Um, and those of you who are against it as well, those of you that are male, come on board, guys. Absolutely. Um, yeah, great. I think that sounds really fascinating. And and Mary Magdalene, as you say, is such a you know, even in musical theatre, she's one of those like within Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah and it's it's the different ways that she's been depicted and like why is she such an icon there's like three sentences in the bible about her if that but she is this massive persistent icon that is being painted in thousands of places and she's in stained glass windows like how has that happened 
it's, so that's it's, interesting. It's really interesting, and it's and it's also it's the balance, isn't it? Because then you've got Delilah in um, the Bible as well, and she obviously kills Samson. So it will, you know, and uh, Joan the Baptist. What's her face when she's like she wants his head? What's her name? Is it? Oh, anyway, can't remember. Because I can't remember either. I went to Sunday school when I was a kid. But I don't <laughs> I mean, no offense if you're Christian, but it's your beliefs. But, um, but yeah, it's just really interesting that she this one moment is defining. Is defining mm-hmm. of washing a man's feet is defining. Mm-hmm. But that I mean, again, that wasn't even specifically her. It yeah. was just taken by whoever the Pope was at the time, Pope Gregory, in the first century, who said, "Actually, I think these are all the same person. So we're just going to make that thing." And you know that one person's voice was the strongest at the time and therefore that was then what was taught so and assumed that voice now two thousand years later makes no sense yeah makes no sense totally um, so what is coming up for you apart from obviously you've got your writing of this fabulous play which i can't wait to read yeah and um, you know what's actually really lo- lovely as well i'm just saying this and um it's what you were talking about about scotland like I know there'll be so many um, women, fellow actors, who, if you want to, like, do stuff and bounce ideas off, we'll all be like, yep, cool. So good. Honestly, like, there's such a strong support network here. And it is, I think it's it's why I've been able to do stuff and stay creative over this COVID time. And I know that a lot of people haven't had the energy or or desire or resource to be able to do that. And I'm very lucky as a kind of young and childless woman with no caring responsibilities to be able to use this time in a creative way. And I really um, see my privilege in that. But I think I've been able to stay that way because of the support network that I have here and the amazing women that I have been able to send stuff to and bounce ideas off or even just have a little coffee and a pet talk. Like even though you do this amazing check-in, um, coffee morning every week which is just brilliant and there's so much that going on and that mm. is what is amazing about the Scottish um industry that there is so we're six fun. months into the coffee mornings I literally can't believe it <laughs> and how many items have you got of QFC <laughs> QBC yeah I know soda streams spiky mats uh, neck hammocks you mm. know <laughs> If you need any product recommendations, then I would thoroughly recommend getting on to the coffee mornings. Yeah. 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 And also for some great kind of support and pick me ups and shit chat. Great shit chat. Great shit chat and just lovely and just, yeah, really supportive. And totally. It's actually been one of my highlights of the whole thing is just seeing people every Friday and just being like, how's everybody's week going? Totally. And if you're having a shit week, saying you're having a shit week, and then you've got like 20 people all going, you're doing great. And how, like, that's transformative, isn't it? Yeah. Like, just yeah. such a simple thing. Shit, I'm going to cry again. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, back to you, Rachel. What have you got coming up? So I 
Um, again, so, so lucky. I am starting a wee acting job on Monday. I'm sending a little two-week gig for Magnetic North, which will be great. So we're filming a bit of theatre that's going to be streamed in October. Um, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say about that, so I'm going to not, but I'm very that's excited fine. to see actual people <laughs> in an actual room. I'm so, so excited. Um, and to get my well, pint at Summer Hall. How it goes. Like how the actual rehearsal room will work. Are you all going to have mm. to be in your bubbles? Like, you know, just, it'll be so yeah. interesting to know. Because I know a couple of people have gone back and done some film stuff, but I don't know anybody yet who's done theatre. So I'm really excited to find out how that goes. I'll fill you in. Yeah. I'm also um, <laughs> attempting to, there's a stage direction that says she uh, glides off stage as if on roller skates. And I actually used to skate when I was in London. So I have these roller skates. And I said to the director, shall I bring my roller skates? Tried to go out and skate the other day in the car park and fell on my bum. So we'll see how that one goes, but mm-hmm. excited for that. And then the day after I finished that, I start a university, which is mad. And so, not just any university. Our gal's going to St Andrews. Then. No, and just again for any listeners out there that are like, oh, like I would never get into university or blah blah blah. If it's something you want to do, like just go for it. I have a HNC in musical theatre, <laughs> and I managed to get into an M lit at St Andrews. Um, so I mean, the teachers must be a bit crazy, perhaps, for letting me in, but um. I'd literally applied like three days before the deadline on a total whim, like was crying, trying to remember how to do an essay for the application. But I think on the strength of kind of life experience and, mm-hmm. and writing samples and portfolio, I managed to get a place. And for me, it's the first time I feel like, you know what, I am so ready for formal education. Mm-hmm. And I've never really felt like that even when I've been in it I've been like oh I don't really like people telling me what to do I don't like this form of learning but I'm really really excited to read and write loads and learn all the things but isn't that so inspiring though when I think that's really inspiring because obviously in the UK there's been the whole debacle over the exam results and everything and Mm -hmm. we're told from such a young age that you know if you don't get the results that you want your life's over it's done so not true not true yeah there are a million different paths and you know again like uh, further education is not for everyone and should not be held up to this big thing like there are plenty of really successful in either the way that we consider socially to be successful or in kind of happiness and self-fulfillment success there are plenty of those people cooking about that have never been to university and that's amazing and also there's no shame in going back and learning stuff later there's loads of people I know at the moment doing like open university courses which is awesome like being like you know what I always actually wanted to learn a bit more about this I'm just going to do it now while I have time amazing so absolutely like fuck anyone saying even if you look at the entry requirements you're like I'm never going to be able to do that that's that's not me write to them ask them yeah this is me would you consider me why not like reach out ask for help if it's something you want to do just go for it and don't let anything stop you I love it. So inspiring. I'm like, I'm <laughs> in a wee cheer there on the. Did you? I'm, I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> See how my editing skills are going. Um, well, I hear you're a bit of a pro now, so. Well, getting there, getting there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I just think it's brilliant that you just decided just to go for it, and. Um, well, if and, there's ever a time to do it. 
true if there's ever a time to do it, do it in the middle of a pandemic yeah. um but then that, that's the thing though because most people probably would be like oh fuck it's the middle of a pandemic totally and like I t- as I say like I totally respect that people react in different ways and some people mm. just go into crisis modes and and their crisis mode is like hole up under a duvet and cry and like that was me for the first month 100% I was literally like watching Disney movies every day just crying and sometimes I still cry because it does feel just overwhelming you suddenly catch yourself and you're like oh fuck actually this is what has happened like you're like oh we're in September almost wow I know um but also I mean there's a lot to be said for you know these last five months you've you know, I've managed to do all these different things, which has been great for me, but also like, I think it's just as successful anyone who's just managed to get through it in yeah, whatever way they can. Absolutely. Like, this is just the way that I have yeah. managed to get through it. Um, totally. I'm like, if you've managed to keep yourself alive over the last totally. five months, well done. 100%. Because it, it's, yeah, I was the same. I think, actually, I think my first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. And then I had my dip. Then I was all right. Then I had another re-dip. Um, and my mum had COVID so I think oh my um, god yeah um, and she's a nurse and I think the not being able to see her at all was re that was really hard yeah that was probably the worst part of it for me because she was not well and I couldn't yeah my her and my dad were like isolating and that's not true I could see her because I had to take their shop into them because um how else were they going to get food so while I was like leaving shopping at the end of their runway on the pavement the runway on the opposite <laughs> side runway. Of the road, <laughs> while my dad comes out with like his mask and everything on and my mum oh. in the bedroom window waving at me and I'm just like um mommy I just want to give you a hug but yeah, yeah I mean she's okay she's and that's she's important nurse. Isn't it? she's back at work you know that's what they do um amazing yeah, and all, all the people that are in the caring industry are just, like, incredible. Um, and not given by our stinky government what they should be. Totally. Totally. And, yeah, like, a little clap on a few Thursday nights was a nice idea, but, like, come on, yeah. let's make the decisions that need to be made and give people the pay that they deserve and exactly. the conditions that they deserve as well, Absolutely. for sure. It's about the worst thing, isn't it? It's like what we were talking about for 100%. In, in the industry as well, and it's about, you know, being able to just, okay, right now it's totally different for us, but being able to give somebody, like, there's 40 quid, just yeah. kind of goes, that, that's somebody shopping for a week. Mm-hmm. or even you know like if the money is not there like if the money is physically not there and there's fuck all you can do about it then the conditions are the most important thing like make somebody feel worthwhile Absolutely. like you know reply to every email and say nice things and be supportive say how can I help you're helping me how can I help you what can I give back Absolutely. and that's what needs to be done on even like top level you know especially and things like perhaps I mean there's, there's always fucking money somewhere isn't there but you know if the money really isn't there then just make it a nicer world make it a nicer place for people to work yes please yep yes please <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that you and ryan are creating a lovely place for people to work hope so and we're so open as well like i think 
I talk a lot about the graveyard of Scottish theatre companies and like you know a lot of universities encourage students to set up companies they do one show and then they're in the graveyard because there's not sustainability or encouragement for sustainability of young companies really and it's not often that you get a company like Blood of the Young that you know is goes from nothing to doing national tours you know it doesn't yeah. happen a lot no. and I think that companies are successful when they look outwards and it's not just here's my clique these are the people that we're going to work with and that's that like we absolutely welcome people coming to us with ideas we welcome people come to us saying we want to work with you here hi I'm so-and-so like absolutely I love meeting new people and go for coffees and stuff and even if we can't work together at this time or like as I say we're working on no budget and um you know and we don't want to just go around asking strangers for favors like we're so lucky to have a supportive group of really talented friends um but we want to look outwards and and see you know how can we help the community as a whole the Scottish theatre community and film community as a whole and how can we be useful to people um as well as kind of pushing ourselves forward and you know I think that is in collaboration that yeah. companies are successful love it love it love you um you. before we finish we like to ask people what persistent and nasty means to them mm -hmm. so we started this last year at the festival when we were doing all our festivals so um you know why we've started it so I don't need to tell the story again well, you can really answer <laughs> um so what do, but what does it mean to you and it can mean whatever it's not there's no right or wrong to this I've, I've always thought to me persistent and nasty invokes protest in a way that is loud and um persistent constant it's it's not going away anytime soon it's not a fleeting moment it's a movement that isn't just going to pass it's something that people that people can commit to and it it's it will be lasting and and it's not going to be a beautiful thing it's going to be something that is going to be um oh what's I keep what is the word I'm like yeah nasty like that in that way it's going to be it's going to be loud it's going to be whatever it needs to be messy. for that messy yeah for that movement to to actually do something it's not going to be passive it's it's going to be here and proud to be here. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, I just love it. Um, okay. uh, I thank you so much, Rachel, for giving me your time and coming and chatting to us. And I cannot wait to see where you go, where Interabang go. I just have so much um, excitement for you guys. Like, really just... Thank you so much for inviting me. Honestly, it's been such a nice conversation. So good. Um, do you want to give us a wee list of everything we'll shout out? And I will link all of your stuff um in the bio. Also, I just want to add, um, Rachel did a beautiful short film, um Abby and Emmy. Is that right? Yeah. When Abby met Emmy. When Abby met Emmy. Um, I just thought it was absolutely gorgeous. So um if you can give me the link for I'll that. I'll drop a link to that, yeah. yeah because um, it's just a really lovely little short film and I think so many people need to see it. It's got such a gorgeous message to it. Oh yeah, I'd love for people to see it. Yeah, Great. brilliant. Um, so just give us a wee shout out of everything. Yeah. Like, all, um, your, all your Twitters and all that. <laughs> so um, Interabang Productions can be found on all socials at We Are Interabang. 
Um, you can get me, Rachel Flynn, at rachelflynn7 on Twitter or at rflynn7 on Instagram. And yeah, keep an eye out. Please follow us and um, keep an eye out for what we're up to. And please drop us an email as well. And connect at interbine.productions. We're more than happy to hear from you. And hope we can chat and work together soon. Amazing. I also love that you've got seven and stuff. Powerful number. Loving loving your work there. Good number, isn't it? Yeah, loving it. Bye, B. Um, guys, thank you so much. And as always, stay nasty.